What's that on that beat? Oh, I'm different. Yeah, I'm different. I'm different. Yeah, I'm different. I'm different. Yeah, I'm different. Pull up to the scene with my ceiling missing. Pull up to the scene with my ceiling missing. Pull up to the scene with my ceiling missing. Pull up to the scene with my ceiling missing. Middle finger up to my competition. I'm different. Yeah. Welcome to another episode of Barnes University Radio. I'm your host, Charles Barnes, and today we have a, a good post-Thanksgiving episode, and we're going to be talking about vocation. For those that don't know the definition of that, it's roughly about what you were meant to do here on earth or your next endeavor or whatever, and we're talking about the marketplace of Nashville media and aspirations and how I'm kind of in the middle, how I'm kind of the middle child um, in all of that. And it also can also be applied to different levels and aspects of your life. Where in your life are you, you know, the guy, quote unquote, of a certain area of life, whether it be insurance, whether it be mechanics, whether it be sports media, specifically journalism and beat writing or, you know, whether you're a pastor, who are you the go-to guy in any area of life? Um, now, on this podcast, we've, we've done everything from Titans football to NFL in general, to draft, to NBA, the Lakers, to, you know, topics like this, which is more so about life in general, but a mixture. You know, I'm not going to lie in front and make it seem like it's going to be you know, off the course, it is going to be Titans related. It is going to be Nashville related, but you know, it's going to be a different perspective, not only just pointing fingers to, you know, this whole market. So for the sports writers out there, for people that are familiar, because I think most people who follow me, at least on Twitter are sports related. Um, a lot of Titans fans, a lot of, you know, sports writers and, um, guys that are interested in several different things. Um, First of all, what I do, you know, and I will have to say probably for the last few years, because that's when I've actually, you know, put a name to my actual account. I've had an account for 10 years, never really got on it just during draft time for the first six years, last three or four years. I've actually like, you know, slowly but surely been more open and more personal. But what I do is every year, pretty much I, I love, um, uh, what gets me going is just trying to build teams, team building in, in general, the whole process of waivers, the whole process of free agency, the process of drafting, the process of, you know, having an emergency list, constantly looking at who's getting workouts on the Tuesdays that NFL teams um, host players for workouts. Like I'm always looking at the transaction um, wire. Um, I love that. You know, a lot of players that people may or may not know. And that's what we're going to get down to is, you know, I usually have heard of them and already researched them and, you know, study them, whether it be, you know, someone I missed on the previous draft class in terms of not, you know, getting to their tape because there's a lot of guys like that. Um, that's why they are trying out. And then there's guys that we do know who are sleepers who years later end up being those guys that why did everybody overlook so-and-so when he was on the practice squad here in blase blase? I, I usually see those guys before it happened. Alan Lazard is a perfect example. You know, Lazard isn't like, 
you know, a mega star yet, but, you know, he's a serviceable wide receiver in this league. So with that being said, um, I've had some conversations recently, but I've always thought about this is, you know, I'm, I wouldn't say that I'm some type of savant, you know, specifically talking about the Nashville area, but you guys have to understand the track record of um, every draft I'm balling out watching tape of every single prospect that I can and it gets upwards to four digits talking about in the thousands of watching prospects every single year right and through those years I've had a a above average accuracy rate on those hits whether it be first round second round third round fourth round fifth round sixth round seventh round late round guys early round guys of course, most people hit on the first three rounds. Your 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 retention rate and your accuracy is probably going to be more potent in the first three or four rounds. But I've also had some sleepers. I've also had some more recently free agent sleepers that a lot of people hit and miss on. I do a lot of the cap work. I mesh statistical data with analytical data, snap percentages, grades for play, all of that stuff. And, and granted, it could be the the um, red Jeep effect, which, you know, if you think whatever you think about, you'll see. But I promise you in this area, in this market, I have never seen people use PFF and other analytical data and actually knowing math of salary more than when I started doing it in 2018 in my what 10,000 word um, dissertation on how to build the Titans. I've never seen people be more privy to it. They always would delegate to Spotrack and over the cap and, you know, use PFF data. They thought PFF was just so advanced and unattainable and not real. But everybody is using that. I'm not saying that I'm the influence, but there's several different things that I can mark when I've done it. And then the world comes to it or the, the market comes to it. Like everything can't be a coincidence. Just like TikTok, for example, another not the best professional name, but it is another way for exposure. Literally, when I got my TikTok account, you have other guys, other people starting to get their TikTok accounts. You know, so if I, if I, if I didn't know any better, I'd say they don't follow me, but I'd say they have me in some type of list or they keeping up with me to, to, stay, to stay up with the Joneses. Because a lot of times throughout the history, a lot of people don't have flavor. A lot of people don't have soul. And they got to pick and prod and take what they like from you and apply it. And if they have a large, larger following, then it's going to take on faster. And that's what, I, that's, that's what I'm getting to the root of what we're going to be talking about today is if you have, I'm not, I hate to use the word savant or chosen one, but what I do is very unique. No one does what I do, like in terms of like the constant accuracy of if a player is going to be good panning out or um, or even to the fact of a lot of people, they don't even have the gumption or, or you know, a lot of people are really good at one thing and then it kind of thins out everywhere else. Like if I really wanted to be a writer, I could be, be a top 10 writer in this market. If I really wanted to go to the fantasy side, I could be a top 10, top five fantasy guy. If I wanted to do strictly just scouting, 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 which is the majority, I feel like I'm top, top three. At that, if I wanted to do film work, if I did, wanted to do X and O's or strategy, X and, X's and O's and strategy is 
two different things to me because anybody can draw up a play. There's already concepts, but you have to be a strategist within those concepts, which I feel like nobody really does strategy in this market. And it's, the thing is, I don't want it to be like a competition. I don't want it to be seen as, oh, I'm looking at everybody else. And this is that what I want it to to what I want to be known and and place a flag on the heel for is that just like the opening song of this podcast, I'm different. And you don't have to know that, but you will know that. And I and I have to let the people that have no vested interest in whatever, they just care about the content. They don't really care who's this, who's that. If you're giving me content, I'm going to eat it up. You have to know that, yo, I might not, you know what I'm saying, re- retweet or or always have an ear or an eye out for his content, but I know that this guy does it. You know, he, and I, what I mean by that and does it is he's a, he's a lifer. He does this, man. Uh, and these other people who give me content that I want to hear, I call it in some terms trauma bonding, especially when, during losing times or, or like as a fan, because I, you know, Titans fan since consciously being a Titans fan that I can remember is like oh one two thousand two really two thousand two where I consciously know okay I'm watching the Titans to be a fan but I've always like paid attention to the Titans since nine since they came ninety nine so from ninety nine to about when was it when I started to really shift where a Titans loss didn't affect me that much because I started to feel like you know I could actually help this team. Um, I would probably say from 99 to maybe 2012 or 2013, probably when I started making the Twitter that, that gave me the thought to even do it was, you know, what I'm saying, you know, when I had that, when I was so involved in the Titans winning and losing, I didn't study during the week. I didn't do the things that I'm doing now, like knowing how to acquire talent. Who can win? Who cannot? The X's and O's, the strategy. Before that, I was just waiting every Sunday or Monday whenever the Titans played, just like everybody else, not knowing the ins and outs of what goes into a win or loss. And I was just, you know, deeply emotionally invested whether or not they won or lost. Now I'm not because I see stuff that other people don't just through the fact of going way, 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 way deeper into the anal- the analysis. So with that being said, the people who are still emotionally involved love the content from accounts that are basically fans who learned how to type well and write well. So if you have somebody who's writing well and, and speaking your language, of course you're going to be attracted to that content. But if you have somebody who sees through the BS and gives you it to it it to you raw. You're not going to like that medicine. It's literally the concept of candy and medicine. I'm the medicine. They're the candy. Now, can I sprinkle a little candy in there to get you the medicine sometimes? Sure. But then that comes down to media, journalism, beat writers, and then strategists with great. And this is where I feel like I'm. Just different. I don't see anybody in the market who who really, you know, I see very few, a handful of people who could actually, if hired, assist a team. But that's where in this market, it's almost like you have to take care of the quote unquote, I hate to use this word, chosen one, because it's like 
If you really want to win a Super Bowl and you've been paying attention to me, you don't have to agree with me. You don't have to like my delivery. But the results are the results. There's nobody in this field who is more accurate when it comes to Titans data and when it comes to player evaluations consistently. It's just not. So if we see that in a marketplace, you're supposed to, if I truly want to win a Super Bowl, then in this Internet age, and don't tell me people aren't being hired off of social media. The Tennessee Titans literally have a kicking coach who was hired off of Twitter. Like, I'm not going to say Twitter is what made him get hired, but he is very and he and he had public criticism of them and still got hired by them. So you can't tell me the exposure, the exposure can get you seen better. Now, I feel like, yes, I've already told people this and people have seen I've screenshotted whatever Titans quarterback coach Pat O'Hara, current Titans offensive coordinator Todd Downing has been seen on my lives talking about a plethora of things, whether it be quarterback prospects, whether it be plays. And I've stated several different times the lineman passed to Dennis Kelly a few years ago. Or yeah, I think it was Kelly in the playoffs versus the Chiefs. Um, the the what the Titans call the Tebow, the, the running back pass to Corey Davis versus the Ravens. And then more recently um, to Michael Pruitt from Derrick Henry. Those are plays that I, I, I kid you not that I tagged them in prior to it occurring. And these are two people who's been seen. They've been caught in 4K watching my stuff. That's a different level of traction. And the only reason why people aren't embracing me as that guy to like, if we really want to win, win a Super Bowl, this is the best of the best of us. Like they don't know how to, you know, take their flowers and 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 take a seat on their throne for entertainment. They don't want to be just known for entertainment. They don't want to just be known for media. They don't want to just be known for beat writing and journalism and fantasy and and having a conglomerate and a monopoly. That's not enough for them. They want to take the field of scouting and evaluation too. There's no one better in the market than me. Period. No one better. There could be better X and O guys. There could be better film guys. There could be better video editors. There is no one outdoing me in the player evaluation team building side. Everything the Tennessee Titans, every ailment that they are currently going through or suffering, I predicted. Backup running back. They have a bunch of outcasts as backup running back. I literally for the past few seasons have said you need reinforcement. If you want to go back as far as 2017, when I said take CMC at pick five, look at the career arc of CMC, Christian McCaffrey and Corey Davis. It's not comparable. You want to you want to go to, let's say, 2020. Yeah, 2020. When I said take Antonio Gibson. That would have been a hell of a backup right now. Right. Right. And then we, the Titans have constantly been trying to find a returner, right? That too, right? Kylan Hill, this past season, he got hurt by the Packers with, with the Packers, yes. But that would have been an excellent RB2 and kick returner. You talk about Antonio Gibson once again. You talk about Christian McCaffrey once again. These types would have helped. Like the accolades are great. We love a 2,000-yard rusher. 
but we hate when he gets hurt because of overexertion. Now, I'm not going to say the injury happened because of overexertion, but I will have to say exposing your running back to more hits has something to do with that, don't you think? You talk about wide receiver help, right? Tennessee Titans, you know, they struck. They struck gold with A.J. Brown, but one of the biggest things for me was his longevity because of the way that he plays. And we see that now, but he is a promising receiver, young receiver. You trade for Julio Jones, where I say some of that salary that you're paying Julio Jones could have been dispersed to depth, right? And I would have taken Elijah Moore in the first round of this year draft. And who's the hottest wide receiver in the last month? Elijah Moore. And people want to people want to clap their hands about we all saw stuff coming. We're all this and that. No, you're not all this and that because you don't have the history or the organization to prove it. You're not. You're just not. That's why people want to be. This is why this is why the narrative of the narrative of you're just a victory lapper and you're so um, there's so much ego, blah, blah, blah. It's not ego. It's truth. I surround everything I do with accountability, documentation, and truth while everybody else is living a life of clickbait. I do this. If you didn't know before, I do this. Now, you can take this and feel like a per- it's a personal affront to you or what you do. You do what you do. You and more than likely, I don't have a thousand followers. I don't even have a thousand followers. So you more than likely, if you're viewing this or listening to this, you have a bigger following than me. That's probably because you're good at what you do, which is more than likely a lot of people write. They write. They do podcasts. They are entertaining. They want to be the I hate to, I'm not going to say jester, but they love that nature of it. It's a part of it. I, I, I will agree. But that's the media side. I'm probably the most hireable of people in my market in terms of actually getting stuff done on the field. The most hireable of on the field product. There's no question. I can't think of another person. In fact, I can't even think of another person in the industry. Now, there's people who hire and attach themselves to larger machines that heighten their appeal or brand equity because you got hired by a big scouting account or a scouting whatever. But that doesn't mean they just need bodies. The things that these companies do, they hire 20 people to do the one thing that I do with just one person, and that's me. They hire 20 people to do what I do. So before we go around and and skip over people, we have to understand who's really doing it out here and who is just attaching themselves, putting together little video clips and and saying what this guy does and what he doesn't, which is, it's a good way. It's, It's a good way to show what you got. But when you miss on him, make sure you Please come back. Please spin back. Right. I'm just saying that's all I'm I might just I might just (laughs) title this podcast. I'm just saying, guys, we got to start. We got to start reevaluating what we provide to the market and owning that and boosting up the people that 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 are really doing it. Like, 
for me, the people that know that they're good to me or good, um, like good in terms of talented, I, I invited most of them or tried to invite them um, last draft season on my war room report. If you declined or if you wasn't on it, that's not my business. But I, I at least, you know, sent out an olive branch to have you on the show. That's my way of showing the respect. Everybody has their different ways. I don't like to like and retweet because I like to keep my timeline clean. Not just of my stuff, but I just don't like to read a lot of just stuff on my timeline. I like to keep it clean. If I invited you on the show and a lot of people got those invites, whether you got on or not, like I said, it's your business. That's my way of giving you your flowers. Now, others, sometimes they like it. Sometimes they retweet it. But we're talking about the remember there's difference. I can get you that ring. You want parades in your city? You know what to do. And that's the thing. You people listening to that, if you have a low self-esteem, you're like, this guy really is just that and third. But the mindset that you should have is, what can I do that gives me that kind of confidence? What what is it that I do that makes me feel that way? Could I write a piece so great that journalists, the greatest journalist gives me an award, award for it? What can I do in the podcast community that makes me a top 10 on Spotify or or Apple or whatever? Those are the type of things that a lot of you should be aspiring for and stop trying to take away or shit on somebody else's journey. You know what I mean? But like I said, I'm just saying. All right, guys, I'll see you on the next one. Take care. Have a blessed um, holiday season, whatever you celebrate. And like I said, see you on the next one.